What do you think of when you think of the Phoenix Zoo? Probably not a bakery, right? Most likely it's the animals. I mean, there's an entire hallway featuring rattlesnakes. There are birds, large and small, like the thick-billed parrot, whose noise can sound somewhat like a human laugh. But I mention a bakery for a reason. Nestled in the zoo's Arizona Trail is the Phoenix Bakery. It's one of Phoenix's oldest buildings, but it wasn't originally located at the zoo. Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. In today's episode, we're diving into the story of Phoenix Bakery. We'll look at its connections to local history, including its connection to the Lost Dutchman. And we'll tell you how it got from its original location to its spot at the zoo. Tackling today's episode is podcast editor Katie O'Connell. Katie, take it away. How did one of Phoenix's oldest buildings end up at the Phoenix Zoo, miles away from its original location? To answer that question, I have to introduce you to the Isley family and its patriarch, Ed Isley Sr., Ed Isley Sr. was born in Bavaria in 1856. His parents wanted him to learn how to speak English, so in 1878, they lined up a year-long job for him and sent him to London. So he gets on the boat, I think in Hamburg, takes a boat to Liverpool. In some place between Liverpool and London, he gets mugged. That's his grandson, Ed Isley Jr., I'll call them Isley Sr. and Isley Jr. from here on out. Lost everything, got badly beaten, shows up at his work site, for whatever reason, didn't get the job. Dejected, Isley Sr. decided to head back to Germany. But his return trip did not go as planned either. He goes back to Liverpool to get on a boat that he thought was going to take him back to Hamburg. But he ended up on that boat for over two years. That's right. Isley Sr. was kidnapped and forced into labor for two years. And the boatmaster prevented the ship from docking at each harbor, meaning Isley Sr. and others could not escape. That's the unlikely setting in which Isley Sr. learned how to bake. Eventually, in 1880, his grandfather would be let off the ship. Not in England or Germany, but in Philadelphia. At that point, Isley Sr. decided to stay stateside. After working as a cook in a commissary for a coal mine, he heard about another job. So he joined this wagon train of 20-some-odd wagons hauling mining equipment into Colorado and the territory of New Mexico, because at that point, New Mexico was not a state. After unloading in the territory of New Mexico, Isley Sr. 
followed the wagon master to the territory of Arizona in search of a job. They landed in Paradise Valley, where he worked as a cook for people digging the canals. Then, on October 12, 1881, three years after he left for England, Isley Sr. made the final leg of his journey. He walked across the undeveloped desert and walked into a place called Phoenix Bakery, which was located at number seven West Washington Street. So he walked in, introduced himself. Turns out that the owner, Mr. Heinsen, was also German. He hired my grandfather, and for three years, my grandfather worked for Mr. Heinsen. That's the unlikely journey, spanning from Germany to London, London to the open seas, the seas to Philly, and Philly to Phoenix. After three years, Isley Sr. bought the Phoenix Bakery for $300. The bakery would see some of Phoenix's earliest history play out. President William McKinley traveled past it during a visit to the territory in 1901. It was the first bakery in the state to deliver goods by horse-drawn wagons. Later, it was the first in state to deliver goods by car. Isley Jr. never met his grandfather. He died before he was born. But he's heard stories from his time at the bakery, including one with a notable local connection. Um, I don't know if you know anything about the Lost Dutchman, but the, the Lost Dutchman was actually the Lost Deutschman. He wasn't Dutch, he was German. Jacob Waltz. Every two to three months, Waltz would drive 20 mules from the Superstition Mountains down to Phoenix to purchase provisions. And because my grandfather was German, well, they got to know each other. And he would come in there, tie up all of his mules out in front, and buy lots and lots of bread items. So that's the history of the bakery itself and its role in early Phoenix. But what about the building? How did the building end up at the zoo? Isley Sr. died on May 2nd, 1928. His son Lloyd, Isley Jr.'s father, took over the business. The next year, the bakery would move its operations to 7th Avenue and Washington Street. Eventually, the bakery would expand, making its way to Tolleson. But the original Phoenix Bakery stayed put downtown until 1975. That's when Isley Jr. got a call from a friend of his at the mayor's office. And he said, you know, Ed, the block in downtown Phoenix between Central Avenue and First Avenue and Washington and Jefferson is going to be demolished and we're going to create a park there. That's Patriot Park downtown. And I know that your grandfather's bakery used to be there. Would you have any interest in us trying to save that building if it could be saved? The idea was to relocate the building to Pioneer Village. The building would need to be slowly transported out there. Isley Jr. said that its bricks date back to the 1850s. But the hope was to give the building a second life at Pioneer Village. So lo and behold, they found some guy that moves houses you know, up and down highways. And this guy was successful in moving the building 
They went like one mile per hour for 24 hours. And they got that thing out to Pioneer, set it down where it sat for years. Decades, actually. The building wasn't used for tours. According to a 2013 article from Phoenix Magazine, Pioneer Village had intended to raise money to renovate the building in time for the state's centennial in 2012. But those funds never accumulated. So Isley Jr. took matter into his own hands. He was on the board at the Phoenix Zoo. His family helps fund the habitat for the Mexican gray wolves there. He called Bert Castro, the president and CEO of the zoo, and asked if they could use the building instead. Isley Jr. said that Pioneer Village was ultimately amenable to the move. And so basically what we did, we didn't really relocate the building. We demolished the building, kept all of the bricks. All of those bricks are original from the 1850s. And reconstructed the site that's at the zoo now. The building is situated between the coyotes and peccaries on the Arizona Trail. After 10 months of work, it was completed in 2019. And it's about 10 feet wider than it once stood. And a bit longer because we wanted to have enough space in this facility to where we could actually have you know, if, if you had a private party and it was raining, you could have a small gathering inside that place and be out of the rain. But for the most part, the reconstructed building matches its historical use. But if you look at the ceiling, the ceiling, I mean, everything in there is very, very close, if not identical to what it looked like in the 1880s. The building isn't open to the general public, but I was lucky enough to get a tour of it. So we are looking at the interior of the bakery. That's Linda Hardwick. She's the Director of Marketing and Communications for the zoo. And the Isley family was even so generous as to provide beautiful replicas of cakes and pastries and candy jars and loaves of bread. The outside of the building is red brick, but the inside is almost all white. There are white hexagon tiles on the floor, white shelves full of replicas of the breads and other baked goods that were made by the family. Yeah, and I love that on one side you've got the bread loaves and the different types, and then on the other side you've got the cakes and pastries and cupcakes and even little things of candies. It just gives it this authentic feeling, exactly how they remember it and exactly how they love it. And they really wanted to bring that flavor and history here to the Phoenix Zoo. And it's nestled along the Arizona Trail, which is perfect because this is a very perfect part of Arizona history. Isley Jr. said they were able to achieve that by looking at historic family photos. So these are actually pieces that were brought from the original bakery. And even these cutouts are family members, which is very fun to see because these are the actual people who were, were part of this. They were part of the history of this bakery. They were working in this bakery. 
So you, we have Edward Isley's original desk here. There's a recipe book that he would carry around on him at all times, and that was something significant that Ed Isley Jr. wanted to be uh, mentioned here as well as showcased here, which is so exciting. There's also a little building next door, which houses his grandfather's original wagon, as well as his very first Model T. Isley Jr. isn't sure that it qualifies as the oldest building in Phoenix. After all, it's technically reconstructed, and it's not in its original location, and its design differs slightly. But it's a nod to our history regardless. Well, Valley 101 listeners, as Katie said, you can't go into the building if you're at the zoo. It's closed for private events. But it's ready for you to swing by and see it the next time you're at the zoo. If you're planning on visiting, be sure to check their website for updated COVID-19 protocol. You'll find that information at phoenixzoo.org. That's all for today. If you have any other local mysteries you'd like us to solve, visit valley101podcast.azcentral.com. You can leave your tips for us there. You can also find us on Twitter at valley101pod. I'm Kayla White signing off for this week. Take care until next week.